it's the cool kids table. Oh, we were never the cool kids. So I just bought a table. Okay, no, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible rapper. But your focus is rich. I committed to it, but then now I have to admit, like, Maggie, does kill yourself. No, no, no. Don't ever say that. That's horrible. But you're right, girl. You white. You white. You white. You know, I did that for Ronve, and I think that he would appreciate it. He's smiling right now. Now, no. I think yeah. Once he's <laughs> listening, once he hears the amazing rap skills of Miss Maggie P in the his house, uh, Swaggy Maggie, Swaggy Maggie. Yeah, I I do you have a rap name? <laughs> Swaggy Maggie. Maggie. I'll be Spiro the hero. I don't know. That's like all I got. Terrible, um, terrible. Okay, I'm, I'm your host as well, Spiro Marcos here from Nico Frank Productions. You already heard Swaggy Maggie. Um, we also have our favorite boy over here to our left. Executive producer, Executive. thanking you, loving you, production. Yes, come with the titles, Willie D. and his Army of Skanks shirt. He's wearing a shirt that says Army of Skanks. None of y'all Army will ever see it unless you see him in it, but it's actually amazing. He actually walked in the door today. I opened the door. Goes, <laughs> you had a towel on your head because you just got yeah. out of the shower. I did, but what did you say? You like Jumbo. Jumbo. And you had to say Jumbo to Mean Girls shirt. So I'm perfect. so happy to be sitting with you guys. Oh, we love that you're here. We're so thankful. We have what, such, what a great episode. What a great episode. Honestly and truly, Ron Bay, is there Actually, anything you don't do? Right. Okay, he exactly. does the most. I'm so proud of him. I'm really, really proud of him. It was crazy because the couple days leading up to this episode, I was so excited to have him because I know that so many people will be inspired by this episode. And, you know, just having him in the house, is it, he's such a nice guy. And it just lended perfectly to what we're doing and yeah he is a rapper he is a composer he is a father he is a husband he is an award winner he is I mean what, what doesn't has, he what, do yeah what has he not done in order to inspire these the, the and he stays humble in all of it because like everyone who works with him or meets him loves him I've heard yeah. so much about him before even meeting him from like Multiple people in multiple I have different too. circles. I don't yeah. even know him, but like literally, when talking about this podcast, we we were you know we you brainstorm you're like who do we know that who do we know in this business that's kind and multiple people are like how about Ron Bay how about Ron Bay how about Ron Bay so literally here he is yeah. ladies and gentlemen we you got asked, we got and you, you got. received that we have Ron Bay on the podcast today. But let's stick to what we do, what we love, what we do. We love to drive the kindness. Let's go right into our little segment we like to call Random Random Facts Facts of Kindness. Random Facts of Kindness. I got one today. Oh, thank God, because I don't have one today either, Willie D. It's so good you're good at homework. I'm so good. I'm so happy. I was thinking this morning, Willie, you are very reliable. That's one of the things I love most about you. Thank you you so much. Thank you. Yes. Sorry, I had to cancel on the one of the podcasts, and I hate canceling things. He hated I it. will not. Yeah, but your but sweet had, baby yeah, dog was we also in have trouble. To take care of our family. Family. Yes, and yes, he's yes. doing well. Thank the Lord. Thank he is number okay. uno. Well, I love you guys because you inspire me to work up. harder, and you inspire me to stay focused, and I to like it. we can always do. While we go on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is about us. Today's right? kindness. Yeah, this today is like about all us. about us. But right? no, going back to the kindness of the day, this one I'm sure has like shaken the whole world. Robert F. Smith. The billionaire investor who founded Vista Equity Partners and became the richest black man in America uh, told the Morehouse College man that 396 young men who began their day in caps and gowns ready to graduate, but knowing they were going to have debt for the rest of their lives. So much debt. That their college debt would be paid off. Unbelievable. No. When I saw this on the news, I almost cried. It was I, like, I, I got shivers. Actually. I was like, wow. Because also what I've been seeing so much is like, you know, I'm in my 30s now and my friends are finally starting to pay off their student loans and yeah, like they're posting about it yeah. and stuff. And honestly, seeing that, seeing this story, I was like, I can't imagine walking into your graduation 
Because the, the thing you worry about, honestly, when I graduated, when I was graduating, it was like, well, I didn't graduate, but when I was getting my degree, it was like, now I have to pay for this. You know, you, you go through all the schooling and you're like, cool, 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 cool. But now, now no, what? That's what my mom and I fight about because I, she was like, you have to go to college. You're a young black man. Like I, you need to go get an education so no one can take that away from you. And I'm always like, I love that, that you made me do that. But now I have this debt that I would have never had to worry about in my life that mm-hmm. like yeah. mm-hmm. overwhelms me sometimes. And so the fact that he says, this is my class, 2019, and my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. Wow. Could you imagine just the excitement of being at a graduation still, and family there, and friends are there? It was and crazy then... watching the video, because you could see people's faces, they were like, is this a joke? Yeah, like, yeah. at first, they, they look so shocked. Is shocker. he serious? Does he know how much tuition yeah. is yeah, for like, more? Exactly. <laughs> but, but A, he's a billionaire. B, like, how many people heard this story, saw that we were talking about this random fact of kindness, and thought, maybe just me, that one day, Ron Bay will be that man? Who will hey, who will be giving these kids? Preach it. Yes, put it out there. He's already setting up so much success for himself, and really setting up so much success for kids. Like I see him being the billionaire that Goodness, saves he his is kids hard lives. to keep up with. Like he really what, is. every week, it's something amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, literally in the past four years, he's done more in the past four years than I've done in my entire life. <laughs> oh my. So y'all will hear all about it. It's amazing. He's really amazing. He's amazing. All be. right, and I hope that you enjoy it. But what is our Intention. Like, we, we have an intention, intention for the day. We always, we always like to turn to our friend Willie D um, in order to give us our intention for the day because it's just a nice reminder to go into listening to these episodes and to go on about your day, knowing that we gave you an intention to focus on. So, yes. Willie, what's our intention for today? Today's intention is inspiring young minds. Oh, <laughs> but <Perfect>. okay, <laughs> like who's here for? It? Because I mean, especially where we are in the world right now, with so much going on, like we. The children, it's, it's cliche, like we say, but the children are the future. And Teach them well. Teach them and well. Them and lead like, the way. Show that we, our generation can do a lot more to put creativity out in the world and just remind people that like we are here to do more than just live and work and like you know what I mean and it's also starting from the ground up like you know you think of build, building building a house you need the foundation yes. well the foundation of America is the kids like the youth yes. is our foundation of a greater yeah. nation so we need to keep people like Ron Bay around who I mean you'll hear he's working on a show for kids right now like I mean, just I was such also going to say, things. like, it's a nice tie-in because he went back to his high school and produced one of his shows there. And actually, I had the privilege of seeing it at his high school. Yeah, because oh Michael God. was in it, and um, it was it was crazy to see those kids and what it meant to them, you know. And, and they got a chance to work with these professionals, and it's just I remember it, it. It reminded me of when I was that age, when you're doing summer stock and you're younger, and you get to work with people that have been on Broadway. It means so much yes, to you seriously. as a child. You're like, wow, I was in this show with this person, and it like it's it makes a stepping it point. Yeah, it's just so nice. And also like just giving them a black man to look up to. Like okay, it I really is important. Black like, excellence. Because, I just love that. Yeah, because you know he is a representation of of the world, and he is giving people a mirror. Like putting people like him out there gives other kids a mirror to look at and see a bit of themselves in. So, shout out to you, Ron Bay. Your job, episode was amazing. Well. We love you. We are so excited. Continue to inspire them, kids. We hope you enjoy this episode. And I will work on my rap. <laughs> we out. It's the cool kids' table. They were never the cool kids. So, they just bought a table. Now, it's the cool kids' table. Yeah. Coaster's only table to me. Protection, baby. And 
ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Maggie, give us a rhyme. Ready? Boom. No, no, I'm not doing it. I've already oh, embarrassed myself. Okay, enough. great, great, great. So y'all heard in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't right. be intimidated by my rap skills. Yeah, swaggy it's Maggie. All good. You uh, know what though about me? I actually grew up loving rap music, and as a white I girl, too. I actually think I have a pretty good knowledge of you do. Rap you really artists, do. And you really my do. My repertoire is pretty broad, I'd say. I think that's how I attracted all the men in my life. Which leads us to okay. our amazing guest. Maggie's <laughs> rap skills have led us to this amazing human, Ron Bay, uh, who's joining us at the table today. What's up, man? What up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. We're so I'm happy to have so. you. You guys aren't even ready for this, This what's to come at you, because this man's amazing. Do when I was research? doing the research, Woo. I was just going to say, I was like, what the hell? More yeah, like, I am. I have a ways to go. Uh, Ron Bay, you are a performer, a rapper, a composer, a lyricist, a playwright, and a new father. Um, and you are from Georgia, outside Marietta. of Atlanta, correct? Uh, right. You want to talk about that a little bit, growing up yeah. in Georgia? Marietta, Georgia, right Marietta, outside. Georgia. It's, um, it's, it's suburban life. It's suburban life. And it was, uh, I don't know, it, being into hip-hop, I think I got into it because, for, in a way, I was sort of detached from sort of the the urban life that you know the narrative of hip-hop sort of perpetuates a lot of time but um yeah it in marietta kind of everybody listened to everything you know it was especially in georgia in georgia it's country music Mm -hmm. or hip-hop right then it was some like alternative rock in between you know what i mean like you know alanis morissette metallica you know but for the most part it was very hip-hop and did you have brothers or brothers and sisters yeah Cool. Yeah, so I have an um, older brother and older sister. I'm the oh. baby. Oh, By how long? By how much? Uh, my brother's eight years older and my wow. sister's wow, uh, three years. Wow. Yeah. Why so I'm, I'm like really the baby. Okay. Yeah. And they, you know, I'm Ronnie to them when I go oh. home. I'm still, I was going to ask you where Ron Bay came from. Like, is it a family name? Yes. So my, my father's brother, actually, his little brother died. This is actually a, a sad story, but... Um, he died when he was maybe like two oh, um, of elephantitis. Ooh, crazy what? enough. Interesting. Yeah. And um, his name is Ron Bay. Oh, I'm and, so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't know him. But right. um, it was one of those things where my, my father wanted to just keep the name in the family. And it's crazy because I hated my name growing up. I hated it. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, first day of roll call, you know, everybody's going down, a, the, the teacher's going down a list and... Michael here, Peter here, Ashley here. <laughs> right. Wait, this is a little tough. Yeah, I yeah. get that. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. Spiro, so like, try that one. And your yeah. last name. And my last name, Galliot Satos. You know, thank God oh I my God. went to Marcos yeah. because it's just so much easier. That's my middle name. But like, I get it. Like, I yeah. feel that like yeah. deep because, you know, people, they're just not used to different. They're, they're used to the Ashleys and the Kates and the Michaels. So right. they hear Spiro or Ron Vey and they're yeah. like, where am I? Well, William DeHorny. Yeah. Right. Oh, Ooh, that probably felt really good as a kid. Really good as a kid. Oh, no. Is the bullying so bad? It was more from the teachers. Like, my friends would like got used to it being DeHorny, but like, new teacher would be like, are you horny, Mr. DeHorny? I'm like, oh my God. Stop. That's great, man. That's like, awful. So, Willie D. Come but on. Yes, you come in here a little horny. Yeah. yeah. Michael actually, he always had a thing about his last name too. He never liked his last name until he like learned about the history of it. And it was wow. crazy because I went to his family reunion last year and 
we heard there was a like a family tree that was presented and we learned all about his ancestors and stuff and it's true like I was always like gosh is my name gonna sound strange like Maggie Stiggers it's not anything that you would imagine growing right. up you know but it, it it's cool you appreciate it more once you have the history and that, the that rolls totally. off the tongue okay though Maggie Stiggers I yeah, like that I like that yeah we can get used to, we can get used to that for sure we <laughs> yeah. are getting used to that um so you're you know growing up in Georgia you had your siblings did they, what inspired the music like other than just, I mean, you saying you feeling detached, like what really started your love and your passion for music? Um, hmm, that's a good question. It's, it's such a loaded question. I've always been into, like my, my mom played a lot of music around the house. So like um, she was one of those that played Michael. Uh, mm. She had all the records. She had uh, Michael, Whitney, Tracy Chapman. Amazing. Tracy Chapman's first album is actually one of my fir- favorite albums um, with Fast Car and, yeah, and yeah, Revolution. Yeah. Um, so those were the, that was the music that was playing around the house. But then my brother being eight years older than me, um, I always looked up to him and, you know, this was like in the early nineties when like hip hop was emerging. And, um, I remember, you know, he's, he's a teenager, but driving, playing, uh, Nas, playing Method Man, playing Red Man and like early, like Mm Wu-Tang. And like loud, yeah. Like I, re- I can remember sitting like in the back seat with you know my hands over my ears, oh, just man. like why is it so loud? But it was infectious, yeah. You know, it was, and it, it, it was different. It was, it was so different. And not to say that it was any like better or worse, um, because what I, what I love about you know Michael and Whitney and, and the R and B was the melodies was the the feel of it but then you mix that with the poetry right of the hip-hop you know that's what i was always so attracted to like i was a huge wu-tang fan myself and i just loved the poetry because back i feel like hip-hop was a little different back then i feel like people it was more poetry back then it was people turning the idea of poetry into making it more lyric making it more melodic adding Mm -hmm. that to it so i was really attracted to that as a kid like just no one wrote it's like the, it's like they were speaking to a generation. It was just a very it was very I felt very connected to that to the poetry and the flow in that yeah. even at a very young age. And it, during that time it was such a great balance too because you did have it was sort of the the beginning of when uh, they would put singers on right. the hook. Oh, yeah. You know what right. I mean? So yeah. you like with Biggie and everything and I always thought that was that was so dope and it was such a different from now it was just such a balance between like um, what was considered underground versus what was considered pop. And then you had artists who could sort of ride the middle where right, totally. if they were dope lyricists, like say a Jay-Z or like a Nas, yeah. but then they could still make the like top 40 type hits. And that's sort of what I gravitated to because totally. I, I like both. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Did you like Talib Kweli? Were you a fan of his? Love, yeah. I thought when we were talking about hooks before the episode started, he was one of the people that I used to love, his, the hooks that he would have. And yeah. he would say really important things. And yeah, it was, totally. Actually, he was one of the first people that I was like, oh, wow, he's really saying something important. But yeah. That's probably right around the time I was starting to listen. Um, nice. But I loved I loved his hooks. They were very catchy. And yeah, that, I literally as, wrote in these as a notes, girl, it gets me interested. I'm like, oh yes, fun. I literally Come wrote, uh, boy Come can on. write a hook. Like he literally can. <laughs> like, and if y'all go back and like, if y'all go and listen to like Ron Bay stuff, because I'm sure after this you're gonna be like, what has he done? Because you're you're gonna hear it all. But um, go and check out his stuff because like honestly, his that. hooks are really they're really Thank smart you. and and they work really 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 well. Um, so I love that. So. 
one of the things that, and I actually was lucky enough to come to your high school and see your show, Ella, that we'll talk I appreciate about that in too. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so you went to a performing arts high school and it was audition, right? You had to audition yeah. to get in? Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kind, kind yes of. And no. Okay, so <laughs> so what that. happened was, um, so the middle school that I went to, um, the principal. Okay, I have to start with this. So at the in middle school, I used to rap, um, like at the school dances, and then I used to, um, I was in the group, and then I used to rap like over the intercom. So they used to have like drives for um, uh, Must Ministries giving like canned goods and everything mm-hmm. and they would have me and my friends write a rap to sort of convince the school we were in eighth grade we were the oh my big God. dogs on campus but um to convince people to um give the uh, food and, and everything right, yeah. um i say that because the principal of my middle school was actually brothers with the director of the performing arts program at pebblebrook mm-hmm. and he told him hey like this this kid you should you know check him out you know he he raps but he's a you know he's a good performer whatever and so i went into the audition and i at this time i had not known what theater was i had oh, i had no idea what performing you never saw arts. a show or anything Mm-mm. wow Um, And it's intimidating in that way because you're around kids who like grew up listening to like South Pacific and, you know, Rodgers and Rodgers and Hammerstein, Sondheim, all of that. I knew nothing about that. I it was like someone believed in you that you should be there and saw the artist as a child and was like, you absolutely. And then you have to convince yourself. Absolutely. That's cool. So I I freestyled um, over Puff Daddy. Can't nobody hold me down. Forgot my rap for the second verse, and I literally just went off the top. But then, so afterwards, he asked me if I could sing, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. So I don't know. Um, he told me to sing a song, so I picked Mariah Carey, Hero. Oh, Are you Lord. serious? That's an <laughs> epic That's one. <laughs> Someone asked below you to the sing. Octave, like, below Mariah. the octave. So it was like, and then a hero comes along. And it was, it was awful. <laughs> then he had me sing Happy Birthday. Um, but then I made it in. And the thing about uh, Pebblebrook, though, that was so... What I, what I see now, what he saw, was that um, he, he made it a point. His name was Mr. Reese, the director. Mr. Reese made it a point to sort of be on me and to stay on me about, like, if you can sing, dance, and act... You can, you'll work forever. You'll be able, you just have to, you got to focus and you got to, you got to just do it. Wow. And um, so I went in, in chorus, but he actually pushed me more into dance um, to be able, um, just because it was, it's just one of those things where, you know, male dancers are hard to find, especially, especially black male dancers. Mm -hmm. And um, so he really, really pushed me into that direction. So, you know. How did you feel about that? Were you into it? Um. Yeah, actually, it took it took convincing uh, for me at first. And was that just you being a teenager? Just being a teenager, you know, being in the R-rated movies and hip hop, like wearing tights just wasn't. Yeah, totally. You know, I didn't. It it wasn't a thought. But then once once I did it, um, I saw I saw the potential immediately, and and really wanted to. And being able to see the upperclassmen who are really succeeding at it and really doing amazing work. Um, in fact, do you guys know Tyler Haynes? By mm, I don't. I don't. Um, he's, he's a big Broadway name now. He's actually in the um, Fosse, 
Fosse movie Fosse. just recently playing uh, Jerry Orbach. Oh wow! Um, but he was also Rum Tum Tigger and um, Cats. Uh, he w- so he is a oh he's in Fo- you're saying he's playing in Fosse Verdon he's playing yes oh yeah, yeah okay yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about great. yeah yeah cool, cool. he he was two grades above me um, he was uh, he was a junior when I was a freshman and he was like ah oh, Tyler yeah. Haynes right. but to have like people performers at that level to be able to look up to them and know what performing is supposed to look like yeah. it was um it was awesome that's pretty amazing and it's yeah. cool because this like journey of maybe that you were resistant on the dance at first it, it ended up inspiring a, a show that's really impacted your career yeah right? thank you yeah so would you say mr reese like kind of took you under wing and was he like the the person that you remember most from that experience like the person who showed you some kindness and just really like supported you and cheered you on he did it was tough kindness but yeah, I can. Um, when you're in high school, you don't realize that. When you're in high school, it feels like he's like picking on you. Picking, yeah. And there was a bunch of us. Like it was, um, it was myself. It was Javaris. It was Chauncey. Um, these are other, yeah, yeah. other friends. Um, but shout, out, shout out to them. Shout out, shout out to them. <laughs> um, but he he really picked the people who he felt like had the potential, and he really pushed them. And yeah, it was it was so it was so sweet. Is is really kind of him and he had he has his own way of um showing that but you know i learned a lot from him i learned right. discipline i learned professionalism um you know he definitely was strict but you know it i carry those same principles with me today were there any other teachers or departments that were very kind to you and like absolutely kinda... absolutely uh, there was bob adams uh, who was a drama teacher um, he cast me as uh, Walter Lee Younger in Raising in the Sun. Wow. It was my first acting it's a great role. role. Yeah, yeah. It's and a great play. Um, that that was the first time I, I tried acting is my junior year, and it was such a big role. But I learned um, so much just about just the technique and, and being able to access um, emotions in a way that I've never had to before, and it was a lot of ways kind of therapeutic yeah i was like oh i can yell and it i can get away with it but at the at the same time being able to channel that emotion it really helped me in other avenues of the art i love that that's yeah. that's amazing yeah i i still remember i went to performing arts high school as well um and just being in that environment like they're really rooting for you they really want us to succeed and they want us to do the best we can do they don't just throw you things just to get through the year like they literally looked at us each as individuals and were like, this is your journey. This is your journey. And, and it's all very different. But with hard work and discipline, look what you can achieve. Right. And I think it was so I I'm so appreciative that I had that experience in high school, because, again, like you said, it really did shape how I approach work mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it was Absolutely. great to have that from the time I was in high school. So yeah. that and that's it's crazy. Like, that's when it starts. Like, you don't realize it. But even at that young, like, what are we like? 14, 13, 14 yeah. at that time, like that's when it's it, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's wild. Um, so then you left, so you left Pebblebrook um, and you went to Ohio. I did. Right, you right went to State. Wright State University. So what it's a led you there? pretty good school, right? right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, good, it's great. Did you major in musical theater? I did. Yeah, so, I did. Okay, so that play, Raisin in the Sun, might have had a big impact on you. It and did. Made you want to kind of keep doing this? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, went there on, on scholarship, which was wow. great. Nice. Um, the thing about Wright State is that they're big with uh, cultivating artists. And I, f- I feel like 
there are a lot of there there were a lot of programs com- competitive programs uh in ohio <laughs> that um i'm just i'm just finding out was a little shot but <laughs> <laughs> but no um right state was um it was good at they really focused on acting in musical theater which doing musical theater in high school we just did like Footloose right, and right. you know those kinds of shows, but what did the, you do at Wright State? Um, well, I did Fiddler on the Roof, I was a Perfect Russian and a Jew. Perfect, for you. come on, yeah, yes. you, were, you were ready, <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see, I, I did that, I did a lot of plays too. I did um, Piano Lesson, August oh, Wilson, did uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow, um, we did Ragtime my senior year. Uh, were you called Ragtime? I was Booker T. Washington. Okay, great. I was Booker cool. T. Yeah. yeah, great part. Yeah, yeah. Still great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and you and you liked the experience of going to continuing your musical theater training and doing all that. I did. I did. And were you writing your? Were you working on your own stuff in college at Wright State, or were you? Man, I was working on my own stuff since high school. Awesome. So it was yeah. like that was the thing. Like I was doing musical theater, but then I would be writing my little raps, you know, on my on my own time. And that was high school through college. And my thing was I didn't quite know how to merge the two worlds because they were so different right. at the time. So like we're talking about when like gangster rap was at its peak. Right. And, you know, I was wearing dights, right. you know, and I was doing musical theater. Um, I, I wasn't comfortable enough in my own skin at that time, especially um, being black. And and it was mostly all in my head. Right. Um, my my parents and my family is extremely supportive, um, but I I don't know. Just in my head, it felt like in order to be considered a strong black male, I have to be this way. And strong black men don't do this. Right. And you know, it conflicted for the longest time. And it wasn't until I started writing um, Ella and Once Upon a Rhyme now. Um, that I had to, I was forced to confront that and figure out a way to bring those two worlds together. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, to look at like Lin-Manuel, not to like shout him out, Yeah. but I feel like he talks about that a lot. He's like fusing the two. Mm-hmm. And once he figured out kind of how to do it, the rest is obviously history. It's yeah. Like I mean, it's a, it's such a, um, pioneer way of shows because yeah, it's like it's un- there was no show untapped. like that before no. in the heights you know and then like and then hamilton and then then but right the right after hamilton i actually know i had seen ella before hamilton but it's it was it's it's in the same vein you right. know and it's like but also like now there now there are people like you ranve who are like saying look like you're not the only one in this game as well like i have i have a voice too because right right now the only hip-hop musical voice we are hearing is lin-manuel miranda's like which is great (laughs) what a a voice musical too what was holler if you hear me yeah i never saw that one yeah it wasn't um original though it was yeah it was was more it was more jukebox okay with they they put a story to it um, it didn't go over too well. No, it wasn't that good. I heard it. I heard it did not. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, it wasn't very good. <laughs> it was. A, it was a good idea. Yeah, short lived. And yeah. Tupac's. Yeah. Is, and that's the thing. Like you can get lost in Tupac lyrics. I, yeah. And yeah. Me, I have. So it was. It was hard to. They do. were like, great. Look at this body of work we have. We can do anything with this. Yeah. It's so descriptive. Well, and stuff, also, but. also with with Pac's music, it was like it's very specific. Um, it's a very specific brand of yeah. rap too, where you're sort of limited 
uh, just lyrically. Like he he talked about very specific, specific things. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the lyric, you know how musical theater is. If it's very musical theater is very specific, totally. and if the lyrics aren't specific to yeah. the script, then you're you're doomed. Totally. Well, since we're speaking about rap, what um, <laughs> when was this rap group, the Undergrads? Like, where did that come? Do you know in? about that, the Undergrads? Like, we know about that, the Undergrads. We know about the Undergrads. Don't be a guest on the show if you don't want us to dig deep. Um, I love it. But you you opened for Kelly Rowland. I read. Yeah. Like, yeah, when, yeah. when did this happen? Um, that was fresh. <laughs> that was fresh out of college. Um, so yeah, I I graduated and I decided that so. I decided that I wanted to pursue music as an artist when I graduated because I was doing a dinner theater production of Beauty and the Beast for $100 a week. And I was mm. like, damn it, if I'm going to be broke, I'm going to be broke doing what I love. Right. So amen. I, amen. And yeah. Amen. So I think I, we talked, my first paycheck was $40 a week at New London yeah, Farm Playhouse. Yo. So you, were, you had, okay. you had me beat then by I'm, just yeah. a touch. Yeah, $40. Was, damn. That's great money. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, it's embarrassing. It's rude. rude. Sorry, I won't bring it up again. It's rude. Um, but yeah, so Javaris, uh, Javaris, myself, my boy Rock, and my boy Credit, who goes by Dre 10 now, um, you know, we were just four guys that loved to do music. Rock and I grew up together. And, uh, truth be told, Rock and Rock and Credit are like, my favorite rappers like you talking about going off the top like these these dudes go in and javaris and i were more the producers like i i was i rapped but i was more coming up with the hooks structuring the songs and saying hey you should put this this verse here i was like that guy but um it was fun man like it was it was what was was, kelly Rowland like did you uh, have a chance to talk to her uh briefly Briefly, mm-hmm. yeah, it was one of those where you know she's she, kind of known for being a nice person, right? Yeah, I like no, to believe was, in my mind that yeah. she's very nice. She was, she was sweet. We didn't, we didn't talk to her for for too long. I think it was like pretty brief, um, but she was, she was a sweetheart, and it was, um, she was nice. She was very kind. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah nice. <laughs> Come on. Well, yeah. my my fiance, who's been on the show, Michael, and who's actually been in in your shows, he told me that he had heard of this group undergrads before he ever met you in person. Like that, there was a, really? there was a little bit of a buzz. Yeah, around we the had group. a we had a little bit of a buzz, man. We out uh, of Marietta, <laughs> out of Mayretta, Mayretta, Georgia. Um, <laughs> we yeah, we we did. We were doing a lot of shows. We were doing a lot of shows. We were in. We were really immersed in that scene like the the Atlanta music scene it's crazy mm-hmm. and yeah. you know it's a lot of, and it's more than just trap music right. it's more than just Migos and you know whatever even though that's that's a part of it and they, they get props but there's also like a, a whole nother scene of like lyricists who like rappers rappers um that that do it and we were sort of riding that line we did more undergrads was more on the pop side but we sort of still carry that that lyricism just in case somebody wanted to test us and it was case, all, it was all original all original that's all original that's yeah so yeah cool. that's ballsy that's really ballsy yeah i i honestly i i treasure any artist that just instead of just you know covering and just doing covers 
that they value their own work and really yeah. push that because I feel like the the long the long drawn out careers that are worth it are the ones that just fought for their own work to be right. successful for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway. so we've we've touched on Illa a little bit now now yeah. it's called. We're gonna Once dive Upon into Let's, let's Illa. dive into let's it. Right yeah. Into let's talk about it. Um, so I think I was reading that Javaris went, he went to your high school and he went to college with you as yeah. well. Andy was in this undergrad group with you. Yeah. So you guys had already an incredible relationship yeah. and, you know, I can attest to like working with your best friend and, and making things together is one of the best things that you can do in the world, especially if you're on the same creative totally. line totally. and, you know, you get the chance to not only bounce ideas off of one another, but you also hold each other accountable. Right. Um, so, so what was that experience like? How did you guys decide you wanted to write this show together? Um, it's it's funny. It started as an album that I was writing for myself, just a solo album. Um, I was I was signed to a label, and I made my album for them. So I was kind of just twiddling my thumbs until they got their shit together. And during that time, I I was gonna make this album that I was gonna rent out a studio space uh, for a weekend, like down in St. Mark's or something, and just call it a day. And I, I made like a couple tracks on my own, and then I, I told Javaris about it, and he was like, "Bro, let me just let me just make some beats for it. Let me just throw you some some tracks." <laughs> and it was like, "Yeah, of course, absolutely." So, I um, mean, at the time he was still in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, so we we had been working like long distance. So finally, um, I let him read, I let him read the script, the preliminary script that I had, and um, you know, it was it was my first script, so it was right. like what it was, but he loved it. And he immediately was like, can I do the whole thing? And I was like, absolutely. So what, what we ended up doing was um, we took two weeks. Um, I flew down to Atlanta for two weeks, and we just locked ourselves in this house, and we worked wow. um, yeah, around we, the clock. We've done that before, too. Yeah. Like, actually, I think that's the best way that we've ever written. It's yeah. like, okay, we're going to go away for yeah. five days. No one talked to us, and we're just going to write. Gotcha. Yeah, it was, the, it was the best way to do it. We were, just, we were locked in, and it was a great way to obviously bounce ideas off of one another. And um, we created the foundation. We, we ended up um, cutting... A lot from that, but what stayed was the the bones and the structure and the the direction that we knew we wanted to go with the show uh, sonically and story wise. Right. And so once we did that, we we came back and we at the time we thought we had like God's gift to all musicals, and so we <laughs> submitted it. We submitted it to everything. We and we ended up getting into Nymph. Right. Uh, New York and that's 2015. That was 15. And then you ended up winning the award that year, right, for best. We did. Real quick, before we keep going, though, can you give like a quick tag about what Once Upon a Rhyme or Illa is about? Yes. Just because yes. people yeah. have yeah, no yeah, yeah. idea. We know, so we can just yeah. talk about it. But for those who don't, give like a quick idea of what the, the storyline of Illa or Once Upon a Rhyme. Yeah, yeah. So um, Once Upon a Rhyme tells a story about a young, classically trained ballet dancer who also wants to become a rapper. And through his journey, he has a, a little bit of a um, dysfunctional home life. And it's the story of his journey in becoming himself and finding his voice. Mm. Um, it's, it's funny. It's, it's fun. To me, it's the most PG, PG-13 version of a hip-hop show that you can get right. that's not corny. Yeah. And Slightly autobiographical, maybe? Semi-autobiographical. Pulled from real life. Pulled, pulled from real life experiences. 
but it's definitely fiction. Awesome. It's yeah. definitely fiction. That's great. Sorry. Now we can no, yeah. keep going. I just want. I just felt like you, you know you can talk about it. But yeah. People have no. No. Nothing to use their imagination on. Yeah. Absolutely. Now at least they have a, a shape. Of to course. This. Right. 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 And it's the same thing with most musicals that go through these developmental processes. It changes a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, I I think I've only seen one version of it. I yeah. saw you saw the Atlanta in Atlanta, yeah, <laughs> the Atlanta but, the Atlanta version. But I've heard it because my fiance has been the lead in the show several times, so I've had the chance to like kind of hear the way that it's changing. And just we all know from being in developmental readings and shows and things like things change all the uh-huh. time. But anyway, to go back, so you won the award that year yeah. at Nymph, and then they asked you back the next year, right, to be part of like a concert series at yeah. Nymph. So was that like the ne- the next time that you kind of jumped into it? Yeah, yeah. We had been working pretty much even when we did that first year. We had we took notes from that production and knew what we wanted to change, the things that the direction that we wanted to go, and then. They, they asked us back, and so it sort of gave us something to work towards. But we, we sort of knew that even without that, we're going to keep this ball going and keep it going. And so um, we did the concert version that year just because we, we were in the middle of rewrites, and we didn't feel like we were at a point yet that we were ready for it, a, like a full-out full production yeah. in New York. Doing right, it right, in right, Atlanta right. is different than, mm-hmm, totally. you know, especially yes. with Nymph. So um, that's sort of the reason why we, we did it. And then what was the progression after that? Like, just walk us through. So that was, you did the concert in 2016, just so people can see how, how, this, something, how yeah. this, like, kind of snowballed into yeah. a bigger you know, project. I like to, so I like, to think, I like to think of it as an artist that does open mics. So, like, an artist... A rapper or a singer, they'll go to an open mic, try they'll perform it, they'll try out the material, and there are things that works, and then they'll or that work, and then they'll come back and say, okay, you know what, this didn't really do it, this was a great moment, let's keep that. And that's sort of how it is, but with theater, obviously, it's just bigger and more expensive because you're putting on a whole show. And so that's, that's sort of been the process since Nymph, where so we did uh, we did Atlanta, we did um, uh, Toledo School of, School of the Arts oh, with cool. high school students, which was um, awesome. Shout out to them, by the way. Uh, then we did Eugene O'Neill, which was great. Um, we well, did a redo really there. prestigious. Yeah, so that, yeah. can you talk about that real yeah. quick? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, That's a great program. So you, you submitted to the Eugene O'Neill program, and you got to explain what happens once you get selected. Um, so once you, once you get selected... Um, they, you're, you, you go there for, we were there for two weeks. I think they switch it depending on the show. Our production was there for two weeks. And it's at Yale, right? Or, um, it's in, uh, Waterford, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. Waterford. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's an, it's an artist's heaven. Yeah. And they house all your actors. They house. They pay your actors. Yo. It's, they, and it's handsomely. And it's, they, they pretty much, they focus, it's the one program well not one but one of the few institutions that really does a great job with nurturing the artist and the in the writer specifically and providing all of the needs so they they put us out there for two weeks in this beautiful you know with this beautiful scenery and it, they just say go create just write 
and do what you do. And is the idea just an out like a just um like a place like a workspace like just it's a, a just a workspace workshop yeah work just a workspace. And do they film it for you? Do they like do anything that you can take away? Uh, they or? they film it for their own archives. Got we it. we did film it for us. Um, we had we did have to get permission, but um, yeah, they they use it as a workspace for us. Um, so we do one production, one reading. Then we'll get notes. They'll put you in a room full of dramaturgs, and oh, they'll nice. they'll tell you, you know. The questions that they had and the things that may not have been clear in like the, the holes, yeah, the, the whole, holes, yeah, things like that. And That's so, amazing. Yeah. Was that valuable for you guys? It was. It was so valuable. It was so helpful in a way to have people so invested, you know, in your production okay. and the, and to give you, you know, such valuable feedback. What an honor! Yeah, That's so yeah. great because it's it's putting your work out there is putting yourself in a very vulnerable it's, space. It's terrifying. I've never been. The only other time I was that nervous was proposing to my wife. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. it. That's Aww. amazing. And we'll, yeah. we'll get into her later, too, as well. I'm, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very excited that. Um, so uh, is there any moments? So you've done this now with a lot, a lot of kids have seen this. Like yeah. A lot of people have seen this. Are there any moments that you remember that really stand out from an audience member's perspective that has said something to you or mentioned something to you about how the show affected them or something like along yeah, those lines? Yeah, um, two moments actually. In Atlanta, there was, we would have talk backs after the show. And one of, there was like a, she was like a, maybe a 12, 13 year old little white girl who, um, you know, she came up to me and was like, I identify with Prince, I'm Prince. And it was like, you know, it couldn't, it, it right. broke. It broke my heart, but in a great way, yeah. um, you know, because it was one of those things where I wasn't sure if this story would resonate in that way because it's a black male protagonist. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But to so have Prince is the lead, the lead, Prince, yeah. yes. the ballet dancer. Yeah, he's the protagonist. Got it. And yeah, it, That's so awesome. it blew me away. And then the other moment was um, we did it at NYU in the fall. And um the the assistant stage manager who worked for it, um, she she wrote me this. She was so sweet. Her name is Micah. She she wrote me this three page letter, telling me basically how much the show meant to her and why, oh. and how parallel it, it ran to her life. And I I tacked it up on my um, on my calendar on my uh, bulletin board just as a reminder. Like, you know, shout out to Micah. Yeah. Love you, girl. Um, but That's it was amazing. one of, you know, I, cause I, as a writer, I do have those moments where I get discouraged and I, of course. you know, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, right. why should I keep doing this? Should I keep doing this? Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, it's one of the main reasons that we wanted to have you on the show is because we're inspired by you too. So you know, it's so man. nice to see Thank other you. people like, you know, when you see someone else hustling and, and obtaining their dreams, you're like, dang, we need to do this too. Like, you know, it's, there's nothing better than, than inspiring other people. And, you know, as people who are just starting off with writing their own things too, it's like, it's such yes. an honor to, to have you here because we're so proud of everything that you've done. Seriously. And it really is, Thank you. it's just incredible. Well, no, no, it goes both ways. Cause y'all are, y'all are killing it, man. Thanks, I like, we're I, trying. I, well, I love, to make to make it about you guys real quick, I love the independent. I champion the independence, to like to a fault actually. But I just think it's so cool. It's so important what you guys do because 
this is how we keep it going. Yeah. And, you know, we are the future. And especially we are the future. Yeah. And that, right, especially where the the industry is right now, where we need more original content. We need more people who are creating, creating their own work fearlessly and as bold as you all are doing it. Like it's, it inspires me, like oh, well, thank you. you know. That, I, that I love means a lot to us because that's why we. That's why we do it. I mean, and on that, on that, uh, you know, we we love to talk about shaping the youth of America and like you know inspiring young kids, and that's a, a lot of what you're doing is is for the kids. I think yeah. if I were a kid who saw, you know, because I always wanted to dance as a little boy, I begged my parents to put me in dance class and they would put me in like aerodynamics or like anything I didn't want to do. And I love my parents. They, they are amazing. But um, it was hard. Like I, I connected with the idea of like wanting to go for something, but I didn't see guys dancing. I didn't see a, a interesting. I didn't see men dancing. So like I had nothing to show them. I couldn't be like, well, look, like Billy does it, so like yeah. I can do it too. Like there was none of that. So for right. if if Illa was at my school and I was like, well, listen, because like mom, I could rap and look, I have to dance if I want to be in this show. That has, you know, like so what you're doing and everything you're you're doing for kids like me, um, I'm like blown away. Um, so. I just want to leading to that, like your your next project, you're working on a new show for schools. Is that correct? Or? Yeah. So we um, we wrote. It's actually it's funny. We wrote it already. Okay. Um, so it's called the New Girl. Okay. And um, we collaborated with uh, Stellation Entertainment and RNH Theatricals, um, Javaris and I. And it's a 30 minute musical based off of uh, we got to pick a story from Chicken Soup Super, for the Soul. Yeah. Amazing! I used to love those books. Yeah, yeah. it's a reason why they. Yeah, me too. Yeah, love and, them. Um, it was. Is that the story you picked? Was it called The New Girl? Yeah, it's called The okay. New Girl. So it tells the story of a of a black girl who falls in love with a with a white boy, but gets made fun of, gets bullied, and so we address bullying and identity in it. Wow! And um, but the music is uh, very pop, very hip hop, and uh, it's fun. And um, and why why that like why was it important for you to like even in, even do this like how did you even get wrapped up in this? I in in doing Once Upon a Rhyme, I found that um, my work is naturally rooted in identity. Mm-hmm. Identity is just very important to me. Um, I think that's the the hip hopper in me where keeping it real is very is one of the cardinal rules. <laughs> um, being your most authentic self. And being okay with who you are for better and for worse. And I think that um, to learn, to be able to learn that at a young age, if I can, if that's any sort of wisdom that I can impart to someone who is um, in middle school, um, that would be it. Just do you, you know, because middle school's hard. High school's hard. Like, you know, like, and it's what do you mean? Worse. We have and an intern in high school, and it, the, some of the things we hear, it's crazy. And with yeah. social media, honestly and truly, I am so glad I didn't even have a cell phone until I was a senior in high school. Like, I can't even imagine what these kids go through with everything out in the open. Right. So, like, bullying, I feel like, has just imploded lately because I don't, I don't have to see you to bully you. Right. anymore right. I can bully right. you from a right. distance and I have a lot more power that way too and that, that's what I think is the problem right. like they don't even have to I don't even have to look at you to to call you names and insult you like right. it like breaks my heart so 
Thank you. But I think also teenage relationships and showing them in shows is really important. Because yeah. at that age, you know, your hormones are like running wild. Nobody's really talking to you about relationships. No one's like, you know, you might be going through, oh, like dealing with your sexuality or right. dealing with who you're attracted to or just dealing with, you know, who you are as a person and, and going through your, your maturing and you're figuring out, you know, all those fun hormones as a 15 year old right um, and actually when i when i saw your show in atlanta that was one of the things that michael talked to me a lot about is like how much these kids appreciated being around professional actors and what it meant to them and like being being a part of a show like that and yeah. so i think when i read this uh this new thing about your your new show new girl is what you said it's yeah. called yeah that made that made a lot of sense to me. I was like, oh, he's continuing on this habit, and it's it's a great yeah. habit to have. Thank you. Thank and you. And when is this? When is this starting to go out? When is it starting to go out to um, schools and stuff? It should be. Uh, I think uh, summer, fallish. So awesome. we we have finished. It's happening. Very we soon. have finished the show. We have turned it in. It's sort of like a label situation where we did our job. Got it. We turned it in. So uh, now they're. Well, congrats, doing their man. Work. That's yeah. so amazing. Thank, Thank you. you for doing that. Like. Huh, that's yeah, amazing. and also congrats on your letters to the president concert that was at Cooper Hall. Yeah, Cooper yeah, Hall, a really um, renowned historical venue. That was that was very cool. Yeah, it was a it was an awesome. It was one of those things where uh, Michael and I were talking about it, where it was like they they asked us to do it, and um, because we we know Jessica, but they asked us to do it. And it was like, yeah, of course, you know, it's just a what song. Is it? Just so people don't. Just so so people don't. Um, letters to the president um, was a, a concert song cycle based off of um, letters by civilians written to past presidents. Amazing. Um, really cool. And they and it goes back decades. Wow. So you had um, you had letters to um, like ours, for example, we had Woodrow Wilson, Harry S. Truman, and uh, JFK. Amazing. Um, but it and was they like, just gave you letters and, and you had to... Yeah, so they, they gave us letters to choose from and me, I had to do some people of color. So I was yeah. like, hey, can you give me some black people? Right. And so um, they they just gave me something to choose, the, a few to choose from. And I went the direction that I went because I, from all the letters that... Um, I read, even though they're all from different periods of time, they all pretty much the had the same thing, theme. Yeah. You know, we amazing. want equality. We want, right. you know, we want justice. And so I thought it would be cool to have a song with that represented three different times. That is so cool. Yeah, and it, it was, was filled. It was like a star-studded cast. I mean, these, these yeah. actors the, and, and people can find amazing. this on people can find this online. Can or? you? I don't know. YouTube, uh, is there a YouTube link? I took a bootleg video of it. Come on, bootleg. Yeah, I took a boot, little bootleg. <laughs> Sell that thing for $5. I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'll make some money. Well, y'all should, I mean, I'll, I'm going to look it up. Uh, I didn't know that, but that sounds like such an amazing thing you did. And yeah. look at you. Like, you know, and literally, next, it says, literally, you've been such a pioneer for African-American writers, um, and you've made it such a priority to ensure that those stories are being represented on stage. So, like... Here you are, like you, yeah. you definitely are putting that in all your work in New Girl, in your letters to the president, in you know Once Upon a Rhyme. Like it's why you know why is this so important to you? Like why yeah. why, why um, representation, representation in that way, and not having that growing up, um, or at least enough, especially in theater. Um, film is different, 
but specifically in theater, I felt like it was only Cole House Walker Jr. Yep. or mm-hmm. or Booker T. And Washington. This is a, this is a, a repetitive, yeah, yeah. A repetitive theme that we've been. We talking had Shaw Day talking about being cast as Crooks the Stable Buck. Over what? And over, yeah. over and over. And it's just like how like he was just tired of getting the same roles and everything. Wow. Oh, woof. Crooks the Stable. I didn't buck. get through that. I, I started that episode and I didn't finish it, but yeah, I didn't on. get to that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy story. It's Shout out to yeah. one. But representation does matter. Yeah, representation. And so, actually, the the next show that we're working on right now is uh, is called Greenwood, and I, I would like to plug in because it's so important. Talk, talk. Um, Greenwood tells a story of um, the Tulsa Race Mask of 1921, which okay. um, is based off of uh, it was the it was called Black Wall Street, and we're talking about um, a very thriving, sophisticated, and um, wealthy neighborhood in Tulsa that was, uh, long story short, 34 blocks of it was burned down. Wow. Um, And we never heard about it. And to me, coming back to representation, it's... I was wondering, like, yo, like, why haven't I heard this story before? During this time, and when they're telling people that look like me, you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and and be self-sufficient. And, it was, you know, it was like, well, well... These people did it and they got burned. Yeah, yeah. So it was, to me... So this is a comedy, by the way. Just oh, saying. funny. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but to me, it's it's super important um, in, in the name of representation, being able to have the imagery and to be able to say, yo, like, look what we can do when we put our resources together, when we're at our best. We can have this crazy thriving community we you know the dollar circulated a hundred times before it left um it started with oil money and you're talking about people had planes there were hospitals movie theaters like it was it was the truth and there was a inciting incident and um the massacre broke out and they say massacre instead of um riot because um riot sort of makes it seem like it was two sides to it when when in actuality it was it was wow. just one sided wow so, dude Good yeah. I cannot I'm wait excited. to hear more yeah. that's amazing yeah, that's, that's my new baby <laughs> I love that yes please keep working I'm so inspired <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm like shaking so, so you have so you you have a, some things in the works and, and you've obviously written a bunch of things what would you is there any advice you'd give to budding writers or people that want to put their their foot out there but they're scared to do it they're a little apprehensive like any advice for, for don't, people like don't that don't be scared yeah. just do it and and don't wait for permission to do it hmm. don't wait for permission to for anybody to tell you when to do it just do it. Because you start and then you learn, right? If you mm-hmm. went back and read your first draft of Illa. Yeah, it, it was be, awful. Right it, was, right. it was like 190 pages. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. It was terrible. <laughs> but I learned, you right? know? And yeah. I, you gotta, you gotta, everybody, everyone starts somewhere. Oh, yeah. And it's so great because we have, uh, not to plug our own stuff, but uh, we've released a show on Amazon called Theater School Dropouts. Check yeah. it out, Amazon Prime. Um, but what's funny is like, when we were putting this show together, we had to, we literally were looking at all of our work as, as a, a partnership and to see like nose hat, which is the first video we did to like BFF and like some newer videos we've done. We're just like blown away at a, how much the quality has increased B how much our knowledge has increased and our writing and everything you literally, we 
now get to watch it forever. We get to see our progression on Amazon Prime, Theater School Dropouts, check it out. Um, and it's literally a culmination of our work. So like, nice. it's, it's just so, it's so interesting to look back. It really, it humbles you. It yeah, really does. It really does. It does, it's and amazing. it makes you really grateful that you paid for sound equipment. Literally, yeah, <laughs> seriously. That's the biggest thing that stands out to me when I watch the ones from the past. I'm like, oh my sound god, matters. sound, sound matters. Yeah. So, <laughs> aside from like work, uh, let's just quickly talk about your family life real quick. Yeah. You have, so you you were married to a beautiful woman, Sally's your wife's name, correct? Sally. Um, and you guys have a kid. We do. So let's just quickly talk about how you met Sally, what she does a little bit, and then talk about your, your beautiful baby. Yeah. Uh, we went to Wright State together. Okay. She was my stage oh, cool. manager. Shut up. We oh, were I doing, didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, we were doing the production of Cabaret. She was my stage manager. Some backstage flirting happened. And <laughs> dun, dun, you know, dun, backstage flirting is powerful. Dangerous. It is it's yeah. very, dangerous. very powerful. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You create this family. So you got, did you guys date from then? Yeah. Yeah. We pretty much, we've been dating uh, since I was 21. Wow. Um, which is a, so a like long time years. ago. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. That's really good. Four. Uh, four years. Sorry. I always get the numbers off a little bit. Um, so you guys have been together for a while. When did you get yeah. married? Uh, 2015. That's amazing. Yeah. Congrats. Thank Was you. that amazing? You said the you were talking before were about how you've never you. been nervous until you asked your wife to marry you. Yeah. What was that? Can oh you talk God. about that for a second? Yeah, what was it was like? at Fort Tryon. Um, I planned, planned this whole thing. Like I went beforehand to, to map out where I was going to do it. Oh. And it was getting her out of the house because it was also my birthday weekend. And so she had been planning something for me. Oh. But in actuality, yeah, now nah, I'm planning something for you. Yeah. And so um, she was just like wondering like, you know, because I was acting weird. Like, I just get weird when I'm, like, nervous. And now she's like, she knew something was up. And I was like, can we go to the park? I don't know, but let's go to the park. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was strange. And so we got there, and I'm trembling. And I literally was like, can we be? fuck it. And I got down on my knee, and, you know, and I don't even think I asked, asked her if, she can marry me i think she just it was That's just like so a whole funny. lot of oh my god oh my god oh my god and yeah, she I, said yes i was there and hearing maggie tell the story she's like michael had no idea what he was saying like he, he was, was just like blabbing yeah. on and, and nothing made sense yeah he was but, talking about some apartment that didn't <laughs> exist but what's funny is he also talks about how nervous he was and what's funny to me is like I wonder, what are you nervous about? Do you think she's going to say no? Like, what are you, what, the nerves of asking someone to marry you? Like, what are you, especially because okay. I had, I had sent Michael photos. I was like, this is exactly what I want. Come on. I, I'm ready to get engaged. <laughs> I was dropping hints nonstop. I sent him a full Pinterest board. Wow. Like, there was no, no why, he yeah. shouldn't be nervous. There he should know no that's exactly what she wants. You know, you know what it is? I think it's humbling to get down on that one knee. It's, it's something incredibly humbling, and there's a sense of not being in control, like, it, to, to a certain degree, and I you can't explain it because you're right. Like, Sally was doing the same thing. Like, we had talked about it, right. but it was still just like... You want it to be special for her, Yeah, it's something she dreams of. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I just think it's so fun. I always think of that. Like, the people, they're so nervous. But, like, are you nervous? <laughs> Do you wonder if they're going to say yes? Because if that's what you're nervous about, then maybe you should rethink the question. <laughs> I would have like, been more nervous to call my dad. That's what I exactly. would have been more nervous yeah. about. To ask, for, to ask yeah. The, yeah, exactly. for the hand in marriage. Ugh. Oh, my God. I yeah. would, oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay, um, wait. But I want to talk about this Blinds to Go commercial, which I know is, like, <laughs> so random. Blinds to Go. Blinds to Go. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Because I heard it the other day, and I was like, Oh my gosh, Ann Rodman did, did this silly little commercial. Well, how did that come about? My neighbor who lived oh, in my really? old building. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Bennett. Uh, he, so um, Bennett is a, uh, um, he works, he has his own company. Why am I fudging what he does? Either way, he Bennett, <laughs> Bennett was the connection. Shout out to Bennett. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, he, Originally, and this is like a couple years ago, um, he came to me, he lived in my building, a um, couple floors up, and he knew that I rapped because my music would be blasting and, you know, everyone in the building knew that I was the guy in 5N, right. you know, doing that. And so he came to me and he was working on this commercial for Blinds to Go as the first one. And he, the client, or Blinds to Go came to him and said <sighs> they wanted a rap, but he didn't know how to write a rap. He knew what the lyrics should be right. but how to put it in verse form and I was like well I can that's fun I yeah. can help yeah do you show your son like when you're at home playing with him and it comes on the TV are you like that's daddy look at me not yet not but well cause he doesn't he doesn't know but I will how old, you, how, old, how old your son he's 11 months did that change your world is your whole life changed yeah is it for the better, obviously? Yeah, it's just a love that I didn't know existed. It's, it's a scary love. Yeah. It's just, So, full disclosure, I've started working out. Um, you can't tell because it's just been a week. But, <laughs> it's been a good week, though. <laughs> but um, it's one part vanity, uh, two part um, just for career, but mostly for Amari, just wanting to be in shape for him because I want to be around for him yeah, and I wanna, like yeah. as, as I get older um, it, I, I know that health issues occur because of your diet and yeah. your exercise totally. so I want to do that, that while I'm still young and still active and um, I gotta I gotta keep up with him man like I, I don't want to be that dad that's like you know wind dragging yeah and dragging so that's yeah. awesome good for you Where's, your baby is so freaking cute. So cute um if you check out what's your Instagram um, Ron Vey underscore music. Ron Vey, Ron Vey underscore music. Check it out. You'll see a um, Mari. picture of the baby. Yeah, yeah and there's always there. a Monday. Monday Mari. Yeah. Your Monday Where Mari. you get a little I love cute that. photo yeah. of him. I love that. Before yeah. we, uh, we uh, two things. Well, first of all, we always like to say, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Where, like, what's the dream of all dreams? The dream of... Yeah, in your wildest dreams. In my wildest dreams, I am a... I'm a theater producer um being able to have a hand in the content that goes out into the world mm. having um the monetary uh having the funds just having the coin to do it mm-hmm. um and just just growth but mostly i'm a creative and i want to i just want to keep creating it in what in whatever capacity right now i'm writing but I would love to be in a position where I can help another writer 
come up and put their content out there. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And then we always uh, love to check in with our producer, Willie D, because he loves to take notes. He loves to listen. He's like a little fly on the wall. Notes. Um, What? So he's got, we're going to check in with him. So he likes to. Only three questions. Yeah. He just likes to end with some questions that he has just to to check in. So Willie D. I'm obsessed with the guest today because as I was leaving to like take my moment outside, I ran into you and pretty much gave him a little prep in the hallway of just like who I am or whatever and why I'm proud. Um, but to hear you speak after already knowing your accomplishments is so inspiring. So to keep it less emotional, I do want to ask you three questions. Absolutely. One, um, Willie D gets very emotional. Yeah. I do. Really I does. So, it's I'm so sorry. amazing. It's an energy thing. That's what I was like. I have to step outside to like feel the energy of the world. <laughs> Come on. This table. It's, a, it's too much. Yeah. Sometimes. He's amazing. No, we no, love no. Willie D. We call him Willie D. I think I'm so You're weird for leaving this. Yeah. I love it though. Yeah, Willie um, D. Go. I'm obsessed because what I talked about before was we are both black men who had parents, I say our grandparents like went through it. They were like black to the world. Right. And then our parents got more opportunities, but like, still had guarded lives, so they we were raised to be guarded people. Right. And so it's interesting to see now that, like, I feel like our generation before us, like, black dads weren't around, They but, like, but we are changing the narrative. And so right. that's why, Juan, I want to say I'm so proud of you. Thank um, you. I am going to cry. Fuck. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> no, let it out. Let it out. You, the thing that inspires me about, I can't look at you, the thing that inspires <laughs> me about you is that you talk about growth, and you talk about learning, and you talk about, like, being present. And what... You talk about the things that you've learned in the past, but like, what are you going through now? As like, you have these credits, you have a voice in the world. Like, you are creating a name for yourself. What are you learning right now? What are some challenges that maybe you're going through in this moment? Oh, wow, great wow. question! Wow, really deep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag really deep. Oh, too much. No. Um, oh man, what a great question. I, I have, I am learning to. Be, uh, I'm continuing to be confident um, in learning how to fight for my ideas, um, learning even when it's from my own head. You'd be surprised that like, even with your, and I'm sure you guys know being creatives, but it, it's crazy even with ideas that, you know, I come up with how, how, how much you know, people see that and want to make it their own. And as a, as a creative, I have to like, you know, I have to know the line. Um, and I got to know how to take criticism. I got to know how to, um, take notes and especially in the spirit of collaboration. Um, yeah, just, being confident enough in fighting from for my own ideas and to make sure and to keep the integrity and the the big picture of whatever the project is intact and not allowing outside forces who see the potential in what you're doing but they wanna they like that but I I think you should also do this like yes. being able to drown out those voices. So it's still a journey. It's You're still, still learning. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. One, thing, one thing like off of that, like that I've really grown to realize is that the things we write, the jokes we have, like those are valuable. And like, they're not just ideas. We can produce them and make people see them. And the one thing I've gotten very comfortable with is like, I don't throw as many ideas away anymore. 
because right. I'm like, wow, this this is something, and I know I could make it into something that'll make people laugh. So like, I've started to put more value in my ideas and my and my things, and I think it's a lot of that just having confidence in your ideas in the things that come out just randomly like know that that's coming from a place of like you've set up these foundations of these ideas so they're not just so random anymore because you're actually like there's actually you know you know what it takes to make something happen so it's not just a random idea anymore now all the ideas i have i wouldn't even come up with them if i didn't think i could create them right and i think it's just so important to like have confidence in your own thoughts and your own ideas and don't just throw them away that they have value yeah and other people may have opinions but like mine mine means something yeah absolutely that was a good question yeah that's a good question what's next quietly in the corner till that time (laughs) um so you're talking about being a champion like don't don't wait for someone to give you the opportunity so you taken a leap of faith on yourself and you've like jumped out into the world what does it feel like now to know that that leap it was for something you know what mm. i mean because we always get nervous and we're like yeah. oh I, I just have to leap i just have to leap but no one ever talks about like when you leap there's great that comes and there's bad that comes with like what does it feel like as a person to have taken a leap knowing there are plenty of people in your same shoes who look just like you or act just like you who could have done the same thing but yeah. chose not to. Yeah, and I'm sure there were hard parts during during Absolutely. the journey. And it and it's still it's still that journey. And I I think to answer your question it's it's validating. Um, it's mostly honestly it's mostly validating when, you know, I have a lot of friend I have a lot of successful friends outside of the arts who um, they work normal jobs and some of them are working like six or making like six figures Mm -hmm. and like on a on a regular some seven and for for people like them to tell me that they're jealous of me and the life that Mm. i live because i'm doing what i love because even though they're making the coin they're miserable at their job you know they're they're, it's a job and it's not their career um to me that's the that's the biggest uh, takeaway that it's like okay I'm I'm doing I'm doing something right um, yeah that's that's the biggest yeah I mean dreams yeah. don't like pay the bills all the time but they do feed the soul and sometimes yeah. that's so yeah. much more important well and it, it's so much more I think I've one of the things I've learned is so much more than about the money totally and you know I'm living proof yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah and it, you know and it, it's so it's so cliche but you know, in in that way, if it doesn't put a smile on your face and it, it's not worth it, like I have to be able to want to get up and do it. I have to be for me. I'm not motivated by it unless, you know, I'm, I'm truly into it. So I just can't work any any job like I, I'll suck at it. Yep. But if I'm passionate about it, if I if I believe in what what is going into it and I believe in the people and I believe in the, the motive and the message behind it, then. I'm all in. Does it bring you joy? Not that. Does yes. it bring, Does yeah. It bring you joy? In my last <coughs> moment, because I could have literally a thousand with you, um, no homo. Uh, <laughs> <you> talk, <laughs> I guess now. Um, you talk about keeping it real. You talk about being authentically you. You're very much about um, representation and yeah. who you are. And I, I'm that same, like we talked about before, like I being in the musical theater world as a black man and not having these opportunities, sometimes I get insecure. They're like, I'm not worth it because I'm not, the world has told me no. Right. And so 
I'm very proud of you for saying yes when the world tells you no. But what gives me oh, what gives me the emotions is you want to be an amazing father and you want to be there for him and just having a nephew from my brother and seeing that like when I see shootings on TV, I don't even think about myself anymore. I think about him and I think yes. about like, oh my God, yeah. how what is he going through? Like what is when how does he going to grow up seeing like black men getting shot? What what does it feel like to be a black father in our age with what we dealt with before and what you see coming in the future? Oh, I know man. that's too heavy-weighted, but oh, like... Oh, man, you're about to get me crying. I was like, get a tissue. Um, <sighs> repeat, repeat the question one more, just so I want to no, no, no. hit everything. Being a black father and just the experiences that, that like yeah. you go through yeah. as a black man, because uh. you... That's, I wrote down you tell you love to tell the black boys and then mm-hmm. Spiro hit it on the head. But like for your son, what do you like? What is the work that you're doing? What do you see for him? Like how, how does it feel? So I know yeah, no, 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 no. And I, I only asked you to repeat it just because I want to. I don't want to. I could talk about this yeah. forever, and I want to stay on focus. <laughs> but um, to be a to be a black father, uh, I, I, honestly, I was really nervous because a lot. At first, I didn't feel worthy enough um, because, you know, I, I had this idea of what it means to be a man, saying that in quotes. And for the longest, I didn't think that I lived up to that. And um, and so I was actually more nervous to have a son than I was to have a daughter. Like, I, I, mm. I actually thought we would have a girl. And I was like, cool. And then when we found out we were having a boy, I was like, oh, I got to teach you how to be a man, but I don't mm. know if I have mm. all of the tools. Oh, wow. And um, yeah. that, that's the honest to God truth. And, you know, not that I struggle with that now, but I'm just cognizant now of like, it's important to me to, to teach Amari um, you that he can be he can be whatever he wants to be and again that's that's cliche but in the world that tells you no and you know in a world that views people a certain way um it's important to have that that imagery and i think that um you know i i do think about it all the time i do think about you know i'm someone who i didn't grow up with my real father i grew up with my stepfather my stepfather and i didn't have the the greatest relationship and so I think about that. I don't want to perpetuate that that relationship. Not only you know the stereotype of the the black father, yes. but also just the relationship within my own family um, dynamic. Wow. And so yeah, I think because of that, I, I tend to overcompensate. You know, so I'm like I, I'm always kissing him. I'm I, I always like show affection to him. Ah, uh, no. Mm. no, it's good. No, <laughs> I it's love good. it. I love it. Yeah, because it's it's important. It's so it's important. so important. Yeah, and I think that I, one you. one of the Thank things you. that we talk about a lot too is just like the love that you feel within your household when you're that when you're growing up, and like if you feel supported by your parents, it's like the most important thing that yeah. you can feel, and communication, and being able to talk to them, and feeling like you know you can't you can do anything because your parents yeah. told you you can do anything. Well, and, and you trust them. The idea of growing up with two parents in the household, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't, I always wondered, and I love, I love my stepfather. 
Um, but I, I'd be lying if I said that I, I never thought about what it would be like to have my two parent, my biological parents, yeah. you know, in a loving relationship to come home and, you know, they're bantering back. Like, I, I never saw that before. And um, so I, I want that for Amari. Like, I, I want him to be able to to know what it's like to to have to know where he comes from at the same time. But also it's very important because because you didn't have that, you know, that perfect ideal you know, life with your dad being loving and wonderful, it gave you something, honestly, it sounds terrible, but it gave you something to compare to. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, I feel like sometimes we take it for the, the people that have that sometimes take it for granted yeah. and they end up not showing as much affection because they had it. They see that it's okay. And they're like, Oh, you know, he'll be fine. I'll show the affection when I can. But you know, you can never show your kid too much love, Yeah, you know, as I will say, like I, I, Personally, like, you know, we all go through our things, but I would have loved just a little more love for my dad. I would have appreciated it. It would have, like, definitely changed a few things. Um, but now I look at it as, like, he's so loving and wonderful at this point. That's why I wish I had it. Not because I was missing it, but because now I see it, whether, you know, you're seeing it in yourself. Right. But now I'm seeing it in him and realizing that, oh, my God, like... I'm having this now and that's okay. Yeah. And I will do everything I can in order to make sure that those that I love feel this love that I have. Right. So that's like, that's unbelievably amazing. We love that. I love it. Aww. Ronway, I'm so, this is amazing. So that was our, that was the interview portion. Yeah. Um, you made it through. so great. <laughs> I'm, I I'm so glad with a box of tissues in front of me. Yeah, we're, we're going <laughs> to, so at the, towards the end of every episode, we like to do a little freestyle, a little improv segment called Winging, winging it. it. Winging it, they're just winging it. Winging it, they're just winging it. <laughs> um, they're always catered towards our guests. They're always new. No one's ever done the same winging it before. Um, and for you, we like to call this winging it freestyle table supreme. Uh -oh. um, so we have a really fun winging it. Uh, so we know how much you love to rap. I'm sure whether you freestyle or not, you freestyle. It's it'll be Maddie's. Yeah, it'll I think be for you. <laughs> um, but pretty much, we have a hat. I filled it with random words that are really random. Literally, I went on random word generator and just kept clicking Come until on. I found stuff. Um, so I'm I'm gonna pick two. Words words you're gonna come up with a rap maggie's gonna pick two words you come up with a little rap willie's gonna pick two words you come up with a rap all right cool so i'll, I'll give you a beat too Don't oh worry. come on uh, i will give you a beat with my mouth um, i will great. give you a beat so the first two words you have are blessed blessed and subway subway okay. oh blessed and subway blessed and subway so you can take a second i'll start the beat ready what, what is this gonna sound like Oh, okay. It's funny. I actually haven't freestyled in a while, but we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. It's like, now I ain't saying I'm the best MC. I'm just saying there ain't, ain't nobody better than me. Now I come with the flow. You know it's Ron Vey and I had to take the subway. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I was trying to be clever. I was trying to be clever, representing Mayretta, but nobody do it better. But you know we in here and we about to make the cheddar. I'm going to have another rhyme that rhymes with subway. And y'all going to be like, I had enough of A, but nah, it's all good. We going to take the rest because Nico Frame Productions, we a hashtag blessed. We do what we do on the regular. We come with the beats, rhymes, and etc. I see Maggie laughing. We over here. 
here rapping. It's over here, he got the beat, we steady packing. But no, it's not guns, boy, we just having fun. And I'm coming through, coming, cause we mm, number one, like, uh, oh, come on. all right, all right, all right. That's that great. really exceeded my expectations. <laughs> like, when he first said he wanted to do this game, I was like, was I don't so know, nervous. man. Like, people really don't like to freestyle. I don't want to make it feel like, no. uncomfortable. I was like, no. Okay, now I'm not feeling bad. That was amazing. All right, we're going to do another one. We're going to do another one. This is like low pressure, so yeah, it's like. Totally. Yeah. That's what I figured. Like, you can fuck it up and we don't care. Like, whatever. Okay. I got um, summer. Summer. I really summer. hope I pull like Tamagotchi or something. Ooh. <laughs> um, oh, and magic. Those are good ones. Summer okay. magic. Right. Summer magic. Okay. I got to look at them. Summer magic. <laughs> summer magic. Uh, uh, yo, the beat is so hot, the beat is so sick. Uh, how you doing it like this now? What we about to do? I'm coming for you, Ghana, and I can't wait for outside, cause because it's summer. Talk about the spring, fall in the winter. When it come to the flow, Rave ain't no beginner. You know, I got to have it. I come by the top like a rabbit, cause, cause I come with the magic. I can do better than that. I keep saying I can do better than that. Grab whatever's in that hat, give me another word because the flow is absurd and i'm about to make this shit fly like a bird what is it hey, now we about to come with it we about to come with it and uh, i done hit it with the beat now oh shire and spire oh okay yeah 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 now through the wire we about to bring the fire when it comes to the flow rhyme vape will take it higher now it's motivation you know what we do all we just trying to do out here is inspire no i won't retire you know your boy hot i Gotta come through and moon, you're really not now. Uh, and I come with consonants and vowels. If you don't know, your ass is shallow. You best to step back, step back for a minute. I'm in it to win it, like the Yankees in the pennant. And what I gotta do, you see me rocking and spit it. But I gotta come and you know my flow's committed. Now, Willie D, what you got? You got a word that you come, come on, throw up and wait. I'm not throwing away my shot like a Hamilton beat. I don't, mm, man, what you staring at me? Yeah. Daughter. Uh, now we about to switch it up. Now we about to even. Yeah. Keep going. Now we about to switch it up. And even if I stutter, I'ma still a bat. Bat. A bad motherfucker. It's Rhyme Hitting me in the curse. But this is coming unrehearsed when I come with this first. Now I rap Marietta. Nobody do it better. These other MCs, yeah, they lighter than the feather. I gotta rap anytime. I'm not sorry. And I gotta shout out to Sally Ann and Namari. I'm talking, that's my son. We come through the slaughter. And who knows? Maybe one day I'll have a daughter. But if I <laughs> oh damn! Oh, that, that we wanted to keep going. We wanted to keep going. You are so dope. The biggest note I wrote. That was amazing, Rande. That was better than I could have ever, ever imagined. imagined. You're wow! Such, you're such an be, amazing. I'd be fumbling. I'd be fumbling sometimes. No, that was, that, that was so was fun. That was better than anyone else yeah. here at this table could have done. So, thank you so much. You were oh such God. an amazing guest. I am so inspired. I can't even imagine what these listeners are going to take from this um thank you so much for being here and thank taking you. the time to talk to us I, I i don't even know follow him on instagram he said it was it's ron bay underscore underscore is it underscore yeah ron bay underscore has words do you have a website do you have a website ronvayodaniel.com ronvayodaniel.com Great. Um, check him out. Look him up on YouTube. Check out his work. I feel like I should also spell it for those yeah, who don't know. Yeah, please do it. Do it. That is R O 
N as in Nancy, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, underscore music, and the website, Daniel. O'Daniel, O-D-A-N-I-E-L.com. Great. Check them out. Look them up on YouTube. Please check out Once Upon a Rhyme. When Mean Girl comes to your school, your kid's school, you check new that girl. shit. No, mean, new Girl. I'm new sorry. Girl. <laughs> Fucked it up. When New Girl comes to your school, check mean it out. Too. Support uh, and just show some love. He has so much coming out, so much coming in the future. Willie D is producing his music video. Y'all will see so much more of Ron Vey. I hope this is just the start of just like you blowing up to to the, the, the hemisphere. I, I don't know, whatever. I'm like stumbling. That's how like, I'm just so... <laughs> You're winded over I'm there. Really You're winded. really winded. Yeah, What's that beat of, that she was yeah, kicking, yeah, yeah. man? He's timbling over there. Well, we love you. Thank <laughs> Thanks you so for much for being us. here. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. Still there? If you love this week's episode of The Cool Kids Table, check us out every Monday for brand new episodes with amazing artists. Oh, and if you haven't heard already, we have a brand new sketch comedy show on Amazon Prime called Theater School Dropouts. Stream it live now. Mm-hmm.